Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, let's chat about what is happening in the stars above today and for the week ahead. I hope everybody's doing well this morning. I myself am tired. I'm so tired. My cat stayed out until midnight and I didn't want to close the door and leave her outside all night because I knew it was going to start raining. And then I didn't want to leave the door open and go to bed. Call me crazy. I stayed up. So this morning when I woke up, I was like, no, it can't be Monday. And it cannot be 6 a.m. But here I am here with you guys. I was determined I was still going to come on air. So here I am with all of you. And it's great to see everybody today. And we actually have quite a bit to talk about today. It is the beginning of a new month. So happy May to everybody. My neighbor yesterday who has the flu in a horrible turn of events for the poor thing sent her kids over with May Day flowers for us and some banana bread. So that was really sweet. And so I have this beautiful uh, yellow cream peachy colored rose uh, from, from my neighbor for May Day. And of course, it's also then the bullet burn time for Beltane, right? The, the lighting of the fires, uh, the swirling around the Maypole. Typically, that's around May 5th. So that is this week as well. And we have a busy beginning to the month of May. Now, on Wednesday, uh, uh, Tam is going to be with me. And we're actually going to go into more of what to expect for the month of May. And as well, on uh, Wednesday evening, 5 p.m. my time on the West Coast, so 8 p.m. on the East Coast, I will also be on Angel Heart Radio out of Australia with Annette McCoy. And we'll also talk more about what is happening how did i do that more about what is happening uh in may and also with the next eclipse which will be a lunar eclipse on um, may 16th so we have a lot to talk about for the month of may that we'll dig into on wednesday today i really want to take a look at the week ahead uh where the moon is starting out our week and then this is a week, an interesting week to me, as it follows on the heels of the solar eclipse on Saturday. And that solar eclipse then being followed by all of these planets coming into sextile relationships with one another. And it's like the whole week, right? Yesterday, Venus, sextile Pluto. Uh, today, there's Venus moving into Aries. That's another subject we'll talk about. Jupiter sextile Pluto, Mars sextile Uranus, the sun in a conjunction to Uranus. That's big news as well on May 5th. And uh, Mercury sextile Venus, and then the sun sextile Mars. Wow, right? I, it's, it's in my face that there is something to learn for all of us about the sextile aspect. And also, what does that mean for these planets that are involved? So we'll talk a bit about that. And then as well, we'll continue with some of our information that we've been sharing about the stars, right? The fixed stars as both the moon and Mercury are conjunct the star Alcyon in the Pleiades constellation. And what does all of that mean, right? The Pleiades, hmm, great. And uh, I mean, what does that mean for us as individuals? What can we expect? 
So good morning to everybody. And I'm going to continue. I'm just going to say hi to you all now that I see you out here. Tom says, good morning, sexy astro gods and goddesses. I don't even know what came over me, Tom. I just thought sexy sextiles. And they are kind of sexy when we think about the potential for what they can bring for us. So there's that. Uh, Susie Gemini, good morning. And Christine Buckingham, hello. Debbie Tippett's Tumiel, good morning. Gayla, good morning. Pam Zarupa, good morning. Jennifer Peachy, it's good to see you out there this morning as well. Susie says Jupiter is opposite my Pluto right now. Pluto is on my Saturn and opposite my Ascendant right now. Um, and having Jupiter with Pluto, I think is a good thing, right? I think that's an, a very empowering, I think it'll show you right away, Susie, where you are out of alignment with power and uh, the power of growth and expansion coming to you in that way. Good morning, Kathleen Mallory, and good morning, Michelle Gay Good. It's great to see everybody out there. So let's jump in. I want to talk about first the um, the moon and what she is up to this morning. Hold on, I need to put something there so I don't lose my place. Uh, this morning, we started out with the moon in Gemini. Uh, or actually the moon is uh, started out with the moon in Taurus moving into Gemini a little bit later on this morning. Uh, when I pulled up the chart, uh, I saw that I had the wrong uh, place. So the moon has moved into the sign of Gemini. It's at one degree, uh, 39 minutes. So that means the moon is getting ready to conjunct Mercury that moved into Gemini on Saturday. So we have a moon, emotions, and the planet Mercury, communication, emotional communication. No wonder I'm an emotional mess. And what we have in this instance is the two of those planets sitting on top of Alcyon, the planet, the fixed star uh, in one of the fixed stars in the constellation of the Pleiades. So when we talk about the moon in the early degrees of Gemini, we are actually talking about the moon being in the constellation of Taurus because Alcyon is actually in the shoulder of the bull. So it's more uh, a part of the constellation group as opposed to the zodiac sign group. And that that gets confusing because, you know, tropical astrology just didn't keep up with the procession of the equinoxes. And so what we're talking about in terms of the archetypal energy today of Gemini isn't quite in keeping with the constellation it's a part of today, which is Taurus. So we get this opportunity to have to look at two different things that might be going on. But let's just talk about the moon in Gemini since that is the sign it is in. And of course, we have a sign that is very curious. So when we look at the light of the moon in Gemini, we have curiosity, we have the seeking of ideas and inspiration and the following, I always call it pulling threads, you know, following one um, idea or, or information piece into the next and, and into the next and into the next. We have a moon, <coughs> excuse me, placement that's sharp and witty, even though I don't feel so sharp and witty as a Gemini this morning, knowledge seeking, looking for information and more knowledge, flexible and fun loving energy, communicative energy. Of course, it is the sign of communication. It is quick and creative energy as well. And it is a sign that's literally got a motto that says, I want to know, <laughs> I want to know everything and I want to share it with everybody I know. And that's the model of Gemini moon in the light. 
Now, of course, we always kind of look at the shadow as well. And the shadow of the moon moving through Gemini might be about empty words, right? Useless details in knowledge uh, seeking, you know, endless knowledge seeking. So there is the tendency sometimes to just keep looking and looking and looking for more details, for more information, and maybe more information isn't exactly what we need. It can become information overload. So we have that possibility, useless details in the seeking of knowledge, inconsistent energy. I can feel that sometimes restlessness, feel that a lot of times, nervousness, I feel that a lot of times, unfocused energy, scattered, so much input that there's not enough space to integrate it all. So it becomes a sort of place of unfocusedness uh, or ungrounded energy, and then can tend to scatter our actions, like our actions and our, our, our minds might be moving faster than the ability we have to take action. So we have the shadow and the light of the moon's placement in Gemini. So good stuff, but also the potential for not so good stuff. And of course, the moon is in Gemini today, tomorrow, and Wednesday, transitioning on Thursday, very early in the morning uh, into the sign of Cancer. And then the weekend, I believe it is on actually Saturday evening, Saturday late afternoon, actually, uh, the moon transitions into Leo. So we have a Gemini, Cancer, Leo, moon for the week. So as we also look at the week ahead, we all start with yesterday because yesterday began. So first of all, how did everybody do with the, the solar eclipse on Saturday? Um, just tell me in the uh, comments and I'll, I'll take a look at those as time goes on here because I had the most exciting day. It was like over the top. And who, who was I chatting with? I happened to be chatting with someone at the moment the moon became new. And uh, I was like, so like keyed into it, even though, you know, that that solar eclipse was nowhere near where I live. It was nowhere near anywhere in the U.S. It was a South American uh, kind of eclipse, visually anyway. Um, but I tapped into that energy at that moment. It was extraordinary, almost like my, you know, uh, clock, you know, was like, ooh. But then it did it did pop up on my phone, too. So I was alerted by Star Maps 3D that uh, it was the new moon. And all morning I had been feeling this energy building up. And then that afternoon, it was just amazing how optimistic I felt, how forward thinking I was getting. I was making, you know, changes on my website. I was rearranging <coughs> everything that I, I told you guys that I was getting ready to release, you know, doing astrology and go more into astro design, which will be the combination of the two, plus the soul's journey, like the discovery, the journey that we go on to discover the truth of who we are. And I was actually finally able to become inspired by that and to be able to move into that. And then that flowed into yesterday. And yesterday I felt really uh, still energetic. And uh, yet I somehow, how do you do this in the middle of the night? Somehow I hurt my back. And so I was getting ready to go on a bike ride. And I thought, I hope I can do this because my back was really hurting. And uh, on the bike riding, I felt fine. Afterwards, we went to go to the grocery store. I walked into the store because Terry stayed in the car to watch the bikes. 
and my back hurt so bad. I don't know how I made it through that store. When I came out of the store, I couldn't find the car. I didn't know where Terry had parked. You would think a car with bicycles on the back would be very obvious in a parking lot, but it wasn't. So it was like the day started wearing me down and I ended up in a lot of pain by the end of the day. And then the damn cat didn't want to come home last night. So I was up until after midnight and because, yeah, well, anyway, so it was like this high, high, and then this drop down to this low energy. And today I'm feeling like the backwash from all of that. You know how you feel sometimes like you, you've just been ragdolled from one extreme to the other. And I think that's happening for a lot of us as we hold this very powerful set of intentions for who we want to be or where we want to go or how we want to be engaged in the world. And then the world in the usual manner starts to show us some of the other truths about what is happening. <clears throat> and we go down into that emotional cycle. But this is all normal stuff. It's the light and the shadow, right? We go through these periods of time. So when we look at then, well, what was the aspect that was happening yesterday? It was Venus in a sextile to Pluto. So before I start breaking down those sextiles, let's take a look at what does the sextile mean? And I was even curious enough, uh -huh, there's that Gemini word, curiosity, <clears throat> even though I know my own astrology, I went, I wonder if my chart is filled with sextiles because of some of the things that we're going to find out here. And sure enough, when I, I pulled up my chart this morning, it was sextile after sextile between the moon and the sun and Mercury and Venus, and not just like a sextile within five or six degrees, zero degrees, meaning they are on top of one another. <clears throat> I thought that was telling, even though sextiles by meaning are positive, right? So what is a sextile? Well, a sextile, the word itself is just think of a relationship, right? Between two planets or even two signs, right? So the planets in a sextile are 60 degrees apart. The, the, the precursor there is the word sext, which is dividing the wheel, the 360 degree wheel six times divided by six we get 60 degrees. So we have these planets then that are 60 degrees apart, or the easy way to eyeball it is to look at it and there are two signs apart, right? Two signs apart. So Venus in Pisces, sextile Pluto, they're two signs apart, Pluto in Capricorn, and you go Capricorn to Aquarius to Pisces, two signs, 60 degrees, sextile. And the sextile creates a harmony between the two planets that creates a pathway for growth. So it, it's, it's a positive, it's been beneficial, it sets us up for the potential to take the energy between the two and to move it forward. So Venus in, in Pisces, the potential for compassion and loving hearts and surrendering to higher love, right? Um, uh, Neptune being the ruler of Pisces, we have this idea of the extraordinary, unconditional love that's potentially there, uh, and the compassion and empathy that we have for one another, right? Love on a kind of a playing field that is um, non-judgmental, etc., and putting that into a sextile with Pluto 
in Capricorn. And, you know, when you look at Pisces and Capricorn, you think, well, how can those two, you know, be energies that are harmonious? Um, you know, Capricorn being a sign of business and getting down to it and uh, goal orientation, etc. <clears throat> but remember, Pluto is the planet involved here. And as a planet, he takes us into empowerment. He takes us into the transformational energy, like out of the dark and into the light and back into the dark again and into the light. So we can make that, uh, it can sort of be like the masculine into the feminine and the feminine into the masculine and how we have to balance the tension of opposites. But with a sextile, we don't have the tension so much as we can see how easy it is to entertain these energies. It's like they cooperate with one another, right? There's cooperation between the two planets and the two signs. And so we get a positive uh, ability to move forward where new ideas and new opportunities uh, flow more smoothly than they do if it's a tension field. If it was a semi-sextile or a square or a semi-square or even a uh, an inconjunct, something like that, where there's tension, the tension does provide uh, movement for us. Like we almost have to do something to satisfy the tension in any of those other aspects. But in the sextile, we don't have to do that. So it can become a place of decreased motivation, right? It, it's so easy and it could be so great, but we don't push ourselves perhaps, or we don't take those next steps that we could take. So the shadow is that these new ideas or these new opportunities or this growth path that appears is we're not motivated to move on into that new energy. So it might be like, you know, ideas that get stuck up in our heads, but then never gets down into the body for action. So we might have a nice flow of what feels really good of these ideas, but how do we take action on them might be the part that we are missing out on. Yet if we took a step, even just one little step, it would be a beneficial step and it would feel good to us to be able to take action. And then we'd experience the highest and best of the sextile energy, which is being able to take step for step down that path of growth and expansion. So while we have cooperation between the planets involved, while we have a harmony that they get each other, right? They can speak each other's language, but it's within us that we might hold some part of ourselves back from actually entertaining the path that we need to go down. And that was what I was kind of looking at in my own chart with all these sextiles that where am I holding myself back from just flat out going where all of the talent will take us? right? We all have these sextiles, these talents, I guess you could call them gifts and talents, right? In your own natal chart where you see, by the way, the, the sextile symbol looks like an asterisk. So wherever you see that asterisk between planets, that's where your own natal sextiles are. And then when we add transiting sextiles to it, it could be the hallmark, the marker that says it's time to take action. So yesterday's marker was Venus our love principle, right? Our uh, beauty and harmony, but our connection to the divine feminine, 
meeting up with Pluto in Capricorn, which by the way, Capricorn is a feminine sign. And so we have feminine Pluto, feminine Venus. So we have maybe some sextile energy that's going to help us look at what needs to be changed on the inner planes, right? Where I think maybe the, the, the contradiction in the energies that are potential versus how we express them is that it's really easy for us to be much more compassionate and loving and unconditional with other people in our lives, but then to come back and harshly criticize our own selves in the process. So maybe that's part of the transformation as well, offering up the pathway of growth, of self-love, self-nurturing, um, seeing the blessings in our for us, in ourselves, right? If we can't see that in ourselves, it's going to be really difficult to, to plant that out there in the world, right? So we have to have it within us. So maybe that's what the uh, dynamic uh, energy would be about for us in that particular sextile. Uh, as we go on, the today, let's do today's energy really quickly, is that today the, the planet Venus, who was in Pisces yesterday for the sextile to Pluto, has today moved into Aries. Now, Aries is Mars territory. So Mars is the ruler of Aries. And now, even if Mars and Venus are technically not in a conjunction anymore, they are in a bit of a uh, cooperative uh, sort of energy because Venus is in his territory. So now Mars is having to make room for Venus and Venus is having to interrupt Mars energy. So in this way, we have the action principle of that Venus uh, energy. So Venus energy is going to take us into the flow of abundance and money is a part of that. Health might be a part of that. Financial flow is a part of this. Our relationships are a part of this. And likely it's going to, you know, create pathways for us to address any uh, places in our relationships that aren't working, right? That are not working. Um, or address places in our relationships where we're giving away too much of ourselves, where we haven't held on to uh, our own independence, perhaps, or uh, connected to the thought of interdependence, where, you know, we get into a relationship in which we want to be giving ourselves away, or maybe it's the other way and we're taking too much in the relationship. So that's a big part of, of all of this now for the next few weeks. Uh, let me look at that. Venus is in uh, Venus is in Aries all the way until May 28th when she will move into her own home territory of Taurus. So I think that's interesting, right? First, she moves into the masculine energy of Aries, getting a fresh new view on things, uh, beginning something new in our relationships, literally beginning a new relationship, perhaps. And then later in the month goes into Taurus, the place where it all becomes sensual, it all becomes feel good, it all becomes very heart centered. So we could we could experience some disruption in relationships as we uh, are carrying on through uh, the next few weeks. Now Tuesday tomorrow it'll be Jupiter 
in Pisces that comes to a sextile with Pluto, the exact sextile, right? Already today, we've got Jupiter at 28 degrees, 19 minutes, and we have Pluto that is at, oh, where are you? 28 degrees, 36 minutes. So they're like 19 minutes apart from being in an exact conjunction. So it's already activated is how I would look at that. And Jupiter is the principle of growth and expansion. So we have the principle of growth and expansion coming into a harmony and a cooperation with the planet of change and transformation and empowerment, right? So that's huge. That's, to me, that is probably uh, a hallmark of Saturday's uh, coming together of the sun and the moon in a, in a new moon, and then also having that energized by the solar eclipse giving us opportunities to move into new territory, do new things, try on new energies. And now Jupiter says, hey, if you're willing to try on those new energies, there's growth, right? There's opportunity, there's fortune, there's good luck, maybe. So we have some really uh, interesting energy potentials there. I, I think I'm excited by that. On Wednesday, May 4th, not only is it the beginning of a new human design week, it is also the day that Mars comes into a sextile with Uranus. Now, that one might not feel as good as maybe the Jupiter Venus with Pluto, <laughs> as Mars in Pisces is a little bit held back, right? M Mars, the action principle, the assertion of our energy is in a sign that is water, that slows things down that has a lot of emotion attached to it. And emotion, as you know, can be reactive and can create things that we do in a reactive way instead of in a response-oriented way. So we have, and then he's in a sextile and ease and a harmony and a cooperation with the Lord of change himself, Uranus, right? Who has an awakening principle that aligns him with the awakening and the liberating, the freeing of some kind of energy within us. Mars and a sextile to Uranus unleash the beast, right? And I mean, you know, we think of the word beast as something bad, but what if the beast is the, the wild and assertive part of yourself that says, you know what, screw waiting, screw what everybody else has been saying I need to do. I'm doing it my way and I'm going forward now, moving forward fearlessly. It's funny, my granddaughter's 19th birthday is on Wednesday and she has this then for herself for the year. And I'll tell you a secret. She went away this last week for a celebration of her birthday. She went down to Arizona and I just have this intuition that one of the things she's going to come up with here shortly is she's moving to Arizona. Don't tell me where that's coming from, except intuition, right? So that Mars sextile Uranus in her chart for the year. And, you know, there are a couple of you out there that I know who are clients of mine whose birthday is also tomorrow or on the fourth, or even, you know, in this week, who are going to be affected by this energy that is releasing us from the chains of the old, so that we can then with Mars energy move on. And everybody is going to feel it. Everybody has it. 
it's just those people who are having their birthdays very nearby are going to be affected by that for the entirety of their birth year, right, this year. So from birthday to birthday. I think it's powerful, but I also want to say, watch what you do. Make sure you are following your type and your strategy from human design so that if you're a projector, you're not burning yourself out, taking opportunity after opportunity and trying to make things happen. Even our generators and manifesting generators will burn out if you're always in a position of trying to make things happen instead of just responding to the opportunities that are showing up and the projector responding to opportunities that you're invited into, manifestors, creative energy that spurs you on to create, and the reflectors uh, are more of the having to wait to make the big decisions, but they're going to see in our reflection what is correct for them. So um, knowing who you are is priceless in a week like this with all of these different things that are showing up. But remember, the shadow is the motivation might not be there. The tension that says, take action, take action, take action isn't there so much as the talent, the skills, the opportunities are there, but we have to be proactive in a way to take on that uh, responsibility, that forward motion to assert ourselves out there into the world. On Thursday, the sun conjuncts Uranus. So in a way, this week is about the sexy sextiles, but there's a lot of very, very powerful motion energy here, even though, you know, Pluto went retrograde, right? I don't think we, do we have a retrograde this month? We do. We have Mercury going into retrograde and uh, that isn't going to happen until the 10th, but no, none of the other outer planets, the bigger planets of change that direct the collective change, they're not turning retrograde until probably June then. And that means that for now it'll be Pluto and then Mercury. So this week wants to push outward and take steps. Next week, we begin the process of slowing that down, right? And taking the more inward road with it. So get positioned this week to be able to take action, right? To do what you want to do. Um, just know that you're likely going to have to um, create an inner motivation to doing things. Not, It's not going to just happen or organically. So the sun conjunct Uranus is very powerful and it starts the whatever's going on around that conjunction in our lives, but also in the outer world is going to hold a lot of juice for the entire sun Uranus transit of the year. So right, the conjunction and then we get to the 90 degree angle, then we get to the opposition uh, when the sun will get to Scorpio and then we'll have the third, uh, the second square before they come back together next year in their conjunction. So we have an entire new opportunity to connect with liberation, to connect with our gifts and our talents as shown through the placement of the sun, to engage our personalities in very powerful ways. So that's a very big banner energy for the week ahead. And then Friday, Mercury comes into a sextile with Venus. And Mercury will be in Gemini at the time, uh, Venus in Aries at the time. Venus, <clears throat> I mean, Aries and Gemini energy is fanning the flames of ideas and inspiration. And, you know, Venus 
in Aries is likely going to give us some of the traction perhaps that we need in order to put ideas out there to take that action. Uh, Mercury in Gemini, though, remember, is slowing down for his next retrograde. So we have a Mercury that's not becoming debilitated. So I want us to stop thinking of Mercury and his retrograde cycle as something you know negative because it really isn't. But we've got to think that the planet of our mind, our thoughts and our thought processes slows down and we have to be able to slow down with it. So it's real easy to get activated with Mars sextile Uranus, the sun sextile, uh, sun conjunct Uranus, and then Mercury coming into that sextile with Venus. But then looking at just within a matter of days, having to slow things down. So take your time. Make sure that what you're doing or where you're going or who you're going to be doing it with is really, truly valuable to you, that you really, truly have a connection to it. I want to share a quick little uh, story that kind of sums this up, is that a, a dear friend of mine has been inviting me for, goodness gracious, probably for the last year, she has been inviting me to join her in this group that she's a part of. And every time she invites me, I, I would get excited. I would think the idea is, you know, really a good idea and I want to do that. But then my energy of that excitement or that, that, that momentary yes falls down to the no, right? No, uh, not, no, uh-uh. Luckily in that, that first time I didn't say yes immediately. I was interested, tell me more, uh, but because I have emotional uh authority i knew not to say yes in the moment these aspects this week want us to say yes right they want us to say yes so then fast forward a couple months later she's telling me i asked her how is your how's your project going how's that how's uh, everybody doing with that and she said how fantastic it was it's booming it's going ahead and i can't wait i wish you would join me and i still didn't get the yes i still didn't have it I had the, I had the mm, energy that wanted to do it, but I just didn't have the confirmation that this is the right thing for me to do. Well, guess what happened yesterday morning or Saturday, right after I was her, I was talking to, that's right. It was her, I was talking to at the new moon and all of a sudden I got yes. And I got that full bodied, emotionally aligned. Yes. And I said yes to her. She was so shocked. She didn't even ask me. I just said, I'm in, I'm in, I'm going, I'm, I'm on. So when the timing is right, it's right. And we have to be able to have the courage to follow what we know within ourselves. And sometimes in a sextile and a, a conjunction to a powerful planet like Uranus with the sun and Mars and Uranus coming together, there may be some of those moments where if it's something you've been considering over time, maybe it all comes together and the pieces all align and they click and it's time and you say yes, and it's awesome. And yet, if it's something new coming along and you have that emotional definition, you might need to wait for that click. Please tell me this is making sense to everybody. I'm actually going to take the moment to look out here at some of the comments and see how everybody is doing out here. 
Uh, good morning, Erica Dorsey. Sorry, so late. Just got done with a dentist appointment. Ugh. I'm going to start from the beginning and listen. Blessings to all of you. Blessings to you too, Erica. Oracle Gaze, help, hello to you. She says happy he or she. I'm not sure because I can't tell with the picture. My eyes aren't allowing that to magnify. Uh, Oracle Gaze, happy sextile week. Christine Buckingham has a question. What does separating and applying mean in reference to our sextiles, trines, etc.? That is a great question. So applying and separating are words that describe the connection between the planets, whether it's a conjunction, an opposition, a uh, sextile trine, any of those things. Applying means the time period before it becomes an exact connection. And uh, when you think of it, you, it uh, of the word applying, it's like we're applying our energy to it. Uh, the the energy's aligning. It's coming into play. We may feel, we may intuit that something's coming up, some new idea or some opportunity or some challenge is coming up, right? We can feel that coming. And then we have the exact, right? And the exact then is for whatever time that both of the planets are in that exact uh, connection. And it can be moments to days because it depends on the planets involved. And then the uh, separating is when the faster moving planet begins to move away from that conjunction, opposition, trine, sextile, or square. Okay. So it gets weaker and it gets less activated. But if we've, if it's something that has created a new pathway where we've started something, then we begin to have to work with that new thing in the separating phase, right? So all of the planets do that. Sometimes uh, one of my astrology programs on my phone is called Time Passages, and Time Passages calls it fading or approaching, or approaching or fading. So you, you, different words, but it means the same thing. It's coming closer to the exact, and then it is leaving or passing away, waning, if you will. So think about this, the, the new moon, right? Before the new moon, we have the the applying of the moon to the sun right the moon is applying his energy her energy to the sun's energy then we have the exact new moon and then now the moon is moving on taking whatever was seated in this as a conjunction outward to her transits now through the rest of the signs until the next new moon right okay so that's the moon other planets do have have different themes that are applying conjunct or, or aspect that is uh, exact and then separating. So I hope that answers your question, um, Christine. If anybody has any other questions about that, let me know. Shauna St. Vesta, good morning to you. Kajella, good morning. Uh, she says a weekend of slow downward loss of energy physically, but high mental energy. I can agree. I can agree. I, I kind of agree with that too. But I also had a big emotional hit uh, yesterday too, as I discovered quite by accident, which also is a little bit irritating, that my son's fiance married in Vegas this weekend. And, you know, there's the whole human part of me, the whole societal cultural thing that says it hasn't even been an effing year yet since he died. What the hell are you doing? But then there's the part of me that says, you know what, this is her life path and she's happy. I asked, that was the first question I asked her when I finally said, 
did you get married this weekend? Because I'm hearing this like from all these different places. So I just went to the source. Did you get married this weekend? And she said, yes. How did you find out already? And I'm like, because in this world of social media, we know everything almost instantaneously. And um, that was my question to her. Not what the hell do you think you're doing, but are you happy? That was the question I asked. And she said, yes, incredibly so. And how can I be upset, right? It's only my limited mind and my uh, the, the societal constraints that we think we have uh, after someone dies about how long it should be before we get happy again, right? Um, so anyway, that happened. So shocks, right? And then that, that did create that emotional feeling in me uh, throughout our um, entire family. An emotion takes a toll, right? That's playing into part of my uh, lower feeling this morning or my emotional field is, you know, still a little heavy with all of that, yet I'm very happy for her. So don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, and I'm not holding a place of judgment on it at all. I just felt like you could have told me, right? You could have told me. Um, but anyway, uh, that's a different story. Now, Let's see, what was the next one? So we had Mercury in a sextile to Venus. Now, keeping in mind that that even during this time period, these, these sextiles are building up, right? They're building, they're approaching or applying their energy to their exact sextile. So, you know, people are feeling that. So, of course, she was in Vegas. It's time, right? Time to do it. So it was there. Now, on Saturday this week, we have the sun in a sextile to Mars. So we have more action-oriented energy packing in here. The sun in Taurus and Mars in Pisces. And yet Taurus and Pisces, Taurus energy, as you know, can get in a comfort zone, can get stuck, can get fixed uh, in a fixed uh, aspect. And then we have Piscean energy that is water. So it's emotional. It's slower energy, but it's also mutable energy. So we have Mars in a sign that's known for being able to change its mind, move in a new direction, take the unconscious fish and put it underneath again and bring the conscious fish out. And Taurus, which is with the sun right now, getting some energy on movement as well. So sun and Mars on Saturday. The only thing I can say there is just to be careful not to overdo, right? The sun and Mars, highly, highly energetic. And in a sextile, cooperation, having the feeling of being energetic and then having the stamina perhaps to be able to be energetic, but then paying the price for that later if you go too far too fast or go in a place that uh, is not going to be supportive. And then Sunday, the only thing I could come up with Sunday is the moon moving into or in Leo uh, for Mother's Day. So I thought that was kind of a fun thing to do on a holiday is to have a holiday or a a day, you know, for family to get together or to be together for a barbecue or whatever, uh, family time or, uh, you know, celebration time with Leo, the moon and Leo. Yay, celebration. All right. So there's that. Um, Kathleen Mallory, starting a relationship, 9 p.m., asked my friend to get an email from someone I've known for years. Ooh, moved forward fearlessly. I love it, Kathleen. I can't wait to hear more about that. Oracle Gaze, interesting this morning's aha was a post on how perfectionism 
is a form of defensiveness. And this is a good one to clear away. It's freezing potential. Oh my gosh, that's absolutely true, Oracle Gaze. So yeah, there's... Um, <laughs> Susie, she hasn't said she's moving to uh, Arizona yet, but I'll tell you what, she was in Sedona. She said, oh my gosh, I love this place. And then she was in Phoenix. And of course, you know, she's a Taurus herself and loves the warmth. And here in the Pacific Northwest, yeah, no, not so much warmth until summer. And I'm already hearing it from my Taurus daughter who wants to move to Vegas. Like, you know, it's so dark here. It's so cold here. It's so wet here. Yeah. So like, I feel like the family is trying to migrate somewhere warmer. And uh, she might be the first one to make that step. And Christine, thank you. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, good. And Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel, wow. Sending you, thank you guys. Uh, so what happens in Vegas does not stay in Vegas, Tom says. You're absolutely right. It comes home. And even if you want to keep it secret, it can't be a secret for long. Things come out. Uh, Kathleen, I have a sister near Phoenix. I love, I, you know, I, I just don't like the heat. The state itself is beautiful. I would much rather live in a cooler place than in a hot place. And it doesn't bother me really. Some days, the number of days we have that are cloudy, I think, are what get to people. Not so much the rain, because there are places that are far more rainier than we are. Just it's cloudy more days than not here. Uh, so, okay, now let's talk about something a little bit different. If you guys have questions, please go ahead and do that. And I will come back to that. Um, so sextiles, very activated this week. They are giving us opportunities. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth, I guess is what we could say. But also don't run away doing all kinds of things just because you can, right? You got to do these things a little more deliberately. Uh, so now I want to talk about more of the galactic formation, uh, fixed star information, if you will. I have a new app on my phone called Time Nomad. So if you guys want to get that app, it's only, I think it's only available on iPhone. So you have to, would have to have an iPhone for the moment. But if you have an Android, please look it up and see if you can get it. Because maybe, you know, things change so fast, they could be offering that now too. Um, but Time Nomad gives us a, uh, an idea of when the planets come into contact with the fixed stars. And the fixed stars, of course, are the way the ancients looked at astrology, right? The fixed nature of the stars meant that at certain times of the year, you could count on them to be in certain places at every chance. At, and so then certain times of the year, the moon would come in certain times of the month, the moon would be passing through and conjunct a fixed star and they would attach meaning to these things or they would notice, you know, what kinds of energies were happening or, you know, what was going on in their society. So these are some of the oldest ways that we know of to, the, to chart what's possible, right? To see what's happening. And it just so happens that today and yesterday and probably for the next couple of days, uh, at least for Mercury, uh, the moon and Mercury will both be conjunct Alcyon, which is one of the seven sisters in the star system Pleiades. And if that happens to be in the shoulder of Taurus, the bull. 
So uh, I have a picture of it here from my uh, Bernadette Brady book, Star and Planet Combinations. So let's see if I can bring, oops, wrong page. Here we go. So there we see the bull. And then here we can see Alcyon right there. Alcyon in the shoulder of the bull. And then we can see that the degrees of um, the, the, the Taurus, or it's just Taurus, it doesn't give, yeah, it does. Well, it gives us latitude. The celestial longitude is zero degrees Gemini. So we have the, its connection to the Zodiac is in Gemini, but its connection to the actual constellation is in Taurus, right? So here we see where the procession of the equinox has kind of knocked the tropical Zodiac out of alignment with the actual constellations themselves. So what does that mean, right? Well, now, now we can take what we know about the moon and what we take about, or what we know about Mercury, and we can apply it to, well, what does this fixed star bring? The fixed star is sort of uh, a character, right? This is a character with a personality, and its personality has many different traits, just like you or I, we have many different traits. So now we have the moon, which is our emotional field. We have the moon, which is also our more internal self, right? Our needs and our uh, inner workings, our connection to our family, maybe, or to our past. And we bring it into uh, Alcyon, which holds a desire to seek knowledge, right? It's one of the knowledge-seeking stars. It is a fixed star. It is also linked to the judgment of the dead. Remember in Egyptian mythology, the weighing of the heart after death, and it would have to be light as a feather in order to move on into uh, the passageway that leads to the other, uh, to the afterlife. And until the heart was light as a feather or would balance on the scales of justice or judgment, uh, like uh, as a feather there, we, there, we couldn't move on. Right. So we would have to be we in a way being judged, but having to go through that process of the life review. So in a way, the moon now linked to maybe the judgment of our own selves, right? What the emotions around judgments, the emotion around how we judge others or the emotion around how we judge ourselves included in that. And as well with the moon being a, a link to our inner knowing our intuition conjunct alcyon it's a visionary and mystical abilities kind of star so it reminds us that we are so much more than just the human walking the planet the the, the body there's this divine connection and at all times we can be connected with our emotions with our inner eye if you will to visionary and mystical abilities, right? Channeling, knowingness, intuition, gut instinct, not knowing how we know what we know, but just knowing um, connections and visits with our, our, um, our helpful people that have passed on or our angels or guides, that kind of thing. It is also in the negative. Remember, we always have the positive and the negative. We're in a dual system. And the negative end of this is potential ruthlessness. I think that I link that in the moon with emotional reaction, right? Something happens and, you know, you knee jerk as humans. We're learning to, to, to keep that at bay 
in favor of responding instead of, of reaction. And then that might bring up judgmental anger within us. Uh, but the connection of the moon and Mercury to the star bring up the potential for a great insight or on the negative side, narrow-mindedness. Now we can apply Mercury in the same way. Mercury rules our mind and our communication and has a lot to do with the way we think, what we think about, how we take action on what we think, or do we take action on what we think? And uh, our, 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 uh, is our thinking real or is it, you know, something that is just something we do, thinking processes? And of course, with language, how we say what we say. And of course, with the moon in a very close connection to Mercury, we have the potential for emotional communication, right? There's that. So now apply your thinking standards to a desire to seek knowledge, right? Mercury is a knowledge seeking planet. It is the ruler of Gemini and Virgo. And in particular with Gemini, as we talked about with the light of the moon today in Gemini, it seeks knowledge. So we have something further showing us that that's something right now that might really be something we want to engage in. Maybe, maybe like me, I, I overdo that and more knowledge doesn't always equal, you know, more action. So we've got to watch that balance, right? That we are seeking knowledge. Yes. But then what do you do with that knowledge? Do you just hold on to it or do you share it or do you do something with it? Take action on uh, what that knowledge shows you. So we might have that, that we're working with again, the judgment of the dead energy here, where we are going to have to balance with our mind and our communication are doing, is it light as a feather or are we stuck in a thinking pattern, a rut, a mindset that's a negative mindset. If you're in a positive mindset, you know, and you're able to see the light, that's a little different than being stuck, right, in, in the old mindset. And then the visionary and mystical abilities of Alcyon being applied with Mercury, meaning our minds may just be at stellar speed, bringing us insights. And we're just like, oh my gosh, aha, 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 right? Aha moments that are awesome. But also, you know, there is a mystical sense here because the Hermes or Mercury, the messenger planet, doesn't just bring us messages like from you and me or from social media or from the newspaper or from, you know, the news broadcasts. He's also the, the message deliverer of the gods. And we think of the gods maybe being our higher self, the parts of us that are connected from, to our higher selves. Then Mercury conjunct Alcyon may also be bringing us information from our higher selves, kind of guiding us and leading us from that higher place. But then also the same shadowy energy applies. Is there judgment? And who are we judging? Is it judging the information? Is it judging ourselves? Is it judging other people's mindsets, the way other people live their lives, etc.? You know, are we in our territory or are we in someone else's territory? And then, of course, great insight, great, you know, shareable information, or are we so narrow-minded that we can't see that this new information is really something that could broaden our horizons and we get caught up in our old thinking patterns, even with an injection of new energy. So I think it's an interesting combination. And as well, we still have Saturn at Deneb al-Giri, which is that connection to law, 
and to lawgivers and to the judicial system in general. So that still hasn't left us either. So fun stuff, right? I love looking at all of this. Uh, J-Lo, Mencar and the sun join tomorrow with a two degree orb. Mencar, we'll have to talk about that. Uh, do I even have Mencar in here? I probably do somewhere because that is also, that is in uh, Capricorn or in Cetus. Cetus was the whale or the sea dragon. Uh, and Mencar is like right at the nose of the dragon. And what is that about? Uh, the, the mouth of the whale, excuse me, because it's the sea, like the, a whale or a cetacean, right? So maybe a dolphin in some respects. Um, and this is about being open to the collective. So we can talk more about that too. Uh, well, I think that is it for me today. I do want to draw us a couple of cards. I feel like we need to do that with a high energy week. And in such a manner, I believe we need to have a dragon that is going to lead us. And, oops, wrong way. <laughs> there we go. Animals and a dragon. So let's, let's do dragon first. And this will be a card for the collective. And hopefully it backs up everything we were just talking about or gives us some new insight about how we can bring our own power. Oh, Lord, that just jumped out. A silver lunar dragon bathes you in divine feminine light. Come into balance and practice peace, harmony, and cooperation. Expand your causal chakra. Look at that. Isn't that a beautiful dragon? Right? So... I know sometimes the light in here is different, but there's our silver lunar dragon. And yeah, I like that one. Okay, so where's my book? Let's see what that one means. God, my eyes don't even want to work today. Silver lunar dragon is a seventh dimensional dragon. And let's see if I can read this even to you all. The moon is a portal through which divine feminine light pours onto earth. It bathes the planet and more specific. Wait, <laughs> told you. The moon is a portal through which divine feminine light pours onto earth. It bathes the planet and more specifically connects to our causal chakra and helps to activate it. Recently, seventh dimensional silver lunar dragons have been able to access this portal and stream into our dimension, particularly when the moon is full. They carry divine feminine light in their energy fields, and their mission is to touch us with it to prepare for the golden future. For 10,000 years, we have been influenced by the masculine. However, in the new golden age, the feminine qualities of peace, harmony, equality, cooperation, love, unity, and wisdom must harmonize with the masculine. So silver lunar dragons are very dynamic now because they are actively bringing the balance of yin yang energy onto the planet. You know what is so fascinating about that, you guys, is that on Wednesday, uh, when we enter the new human design week, the sun will be at the gate two, which is the most yin gate in our human design. And, this, and the earth will be at the gate one, the most yang gate of the human design where we are having to balance both the yin and the yang, the divine feminine in 
the divine, the divine masculine. So this is so appropriate. Uh, so silver lunar dragons are very dynamic now because they're actively bringing the balance of yin yang energy on the planet. As these shimmering dragons touch our causal chakra and enable it to expand, unicorns are able to use the illuminated chakra as a portal to enter earth and assist our ascension. In this way, the silver lunar dragons serve us and we serve the planet. Choosing this card suggests that you call on the silver lunar dragons to bathe you in their energy and that you practice peace, harmony, equality, cooperation, love, unity, and wisdom in your daily life. A lunar dragon will be close by helping and supporting you as you are bringing yourself into balance. You are doing your part to bring the planet into equilibrium. Visualize your causal chakra as your own personal moon. The silver lunar dragons will touch and expand it until the frequency is high enough to allow pure white unicorns to step through it. Wow. Silver lunar dragon. Very cool. All right. So there's that one. And let's see. I need to get us a an animal card as well. So we have a mythical animal. And now let's get an earthly animal that is also going to guide us through this week. I see comments. Much love to everyone. Love you, Susie. Tom says, I noticed and love that too. I like last year's calendar paper, but I don't know what you guys are talking about paper. Uh, oh, isn't this pretty? Cow spirit. The miracles are endless. <laughs> There's cow. Look at her. All decked out in her finery. <laughs> so cow says the miracles are endless she is number 15 which is a six the number six is the need for balance and harmony and cooperation right there we see it embodied in that uh number Did, uh so let's see what this is going to be about i think we've had cow before but i'm not sure so it says and it was right side up, so we have the oracle's message, not the protection message. You are at a beautiful point in your life today, for your needs are being met effortlessly and in so many ways. Fully embrace this truth by focusing on all you have right now, including the positive relationships that sustain you, the work you are proud to do to contribute to the world, and the activities that inspire you and nourish your soul. Cow spirit nudges you to pay attention because this is the perfect time to focus on the choices, actions, and behaviors that you know feed your soul and bring your heart contentment. Now is also the time when you will see many of your projects and commitments that were set in motion in the past begin to yield valuable gifts and uh, bring you joy and love and sustain you for a long time to come. Stay positive and share your well-being with others. The more you share, the more you will manifest. So be generous. Cow spirit promises you will never run out of miracles. Those sound a little bit like our sexy sextiles for this week, right? Miracles, creating miracles. All right, guys. Wow, that is it for me. Everybody take care. Have a blessed day. I will see you Wednesday morning early, 8 o'clock right here, West Coast time. Uh, with Tam Bayou of the Energy Almanac to talk about the bigger picture of what's coming for May. And I'll see you then. All right. Much love, everybody. Bye. Bye.